NRL stars swap clubs. Quade Cooper's test career over, apparently. And we preview UFC 217 on the Splash. It's Friday, the 3rd of November. Hello and welcome to the Splash on this Friday. I'm your host, Phil Pryor. Uh, later on, we will be talking some UFC uh, with UFC presenter, digital presenter, Brianna Holden. Uh, and we're also going to cover some rugby league, some big stories rugby league-wise uh, and chat to uh, and t- chat some rugby in as well. So I welcome in rugby writer Christy Doran and league writer John Dean. How are we, boys? Very good. Uh, very good indeed. Thanks, Pretty Phil. Pretty good, Phil. On yeah, this, good to be back uh, again. On this Friday, two days in a row for you, Johnny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because days. there's yeah. plenty happening in the rugby league world. Uh, in rugby union, quickly, what we will be talking about uh, is uh, Haylett Penny... Set to re-sign with the Rebels, or maybe he has done already, yes or no? Yes, he has. Uh, and Quade Cooper as well. Um, Greg Martin, Fox Sports commentator and presenter, reckons Quade Cooper's uh, Wallabies career is over. So we'll have a chat about that uh, shortly. But first things first, John, um, the big news of the day was that uh, the NRL and the Rugby League Players Association have finally come to an agreement, the richest pay deal in the game's history but that news that dry news has been well and truly (laughs) overshadowed um, by uh, breaking news that uh, Matt Moylan and James Maloney appear uh, destined to swap clubs in a huge deal Um, Moylan a four-year 3.6 million dollar deal will join Cronulla and James Maloney three years 2.4 million We'll join mm. the Panthers. What do we make of all this, Johnny? Yeah, it's certainly an interesting one. Um, I suppose most people will be looking at at that part of the deal. Or who wins? Who wins out of it? Um, there are there are positives for both. Um, Maloney, you know, the, the Panthers are getting a, a two-time premiership winner. He's the incumbent five-eight for New South Wales. And he's also an incumbent Australian squad member. Um, mm-hmm. So that experience is invaluable, particularly when you've got Nathan Cleary, who's in the halves. Yeah. Um, still developing. He's only young. Um, so Maloney and Cleary, um, they could be looking pretty good next year. Tasty. The yeah. two best uh, goal kickers in the comp <laughs> yeah. at the one club. They might have to have like a goal kicking kickoff or something to, uh, to get the duties next year because they're both pretty handy. That's legitimately a, a, a pre-season story <laughs> I'm going to be following. Yeah. yeah I reckon they should broadcast that live. I reckon people would legitimately tune in to see that. Yeah, maybe like a Facebook Live event or something like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. oh, that's very 2017 of you, John. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like my social media. So you've just uh, you just published a five burning questions piece on this uh, Maloney Moylan situation. Uh, yes. Give us the highlight of that. What what do what do we really need to know about all this? Uh, well, I, I probably touched on my first point, which was who wins out of the deal. Um, I think in the short term, I would say the Panthers uh, would probably win, but in the long term. Um, you know, Moylan, he's, he's 26. He's still got a long time to go yeah. in terms of his career. So, And he's, he hasn't reached his peak yet. Mm. Um, but he's still played for Australia and he's still played for New South Wales. So he's got a bit of experience there. So who um, wins? Who wins? Panthers in the short term. Sharks I, in the long term. Well, yeah. It's, it's a tough one. I think Mo- Moylan is a winner because he just needed 
to move somewhere, get a fresh start. Uh, the Panthers are probably winners because James Maloney brings a club a premiership in the first two years wherever he he's goes, or at least to a grand final. <laughs> he is a winner, uh, but he's a loser because now he has to play under Anthony Griffin. Ah, oh, well. You know, <laughs> Happy Martian Hawk. If, if you, maybe if you ask Moylan that, because he was the one who uh, supposedly exactly. had the falling out with, uh, with Griffin, um, and that was one, one you know, major sticking point. Um, when it came to to his falling out with Griffin. So, anyway. <laughs> now, nah, I reckon the Panthers, they'll be good for a premiership within the next two years. Moylan, uh, Maloney, sorry, he has that uh, that special touch, or he seems to. Now, uh, John, anything else we need to mention on that story before we uh, quickly move on to this, uh, this agreement, which we're going to talk about quickly? Oh, I suppose the last thing is probably, you know, the Sharks now have three established fullbacks on their roster when you include Dugan and Holmes into that. So yeah. um, you'll probably you, you'll probably see Dugan line up in the centres, um, Holmes at fullback yeah. and, and Moylan, Moylan in the in halves. In the six, so, straight swap. Yeah. 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 Fair call. Uh, I'm with you on that one. Now, uh, the NRL and the Rugby League Players Association, as I said, the richest pay deal in the game's history, an agreement between them after 16 months of negotiations and discussions, thank God this is over. Yes, it dragged on and on, but now they've got a $980 million package that they've agreed yeah. to. Is that all? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and yeah, the players will get a 52% pay rise. Yeah, wow, over the next five years. And we won't bore our listeners, but uh, extra player, retirement funding, leave entitlements, well-being uh, and education programs and, the, uh, and players will get a 29.5% share of forecast game revenue. Yeah, and uh, and the minimum wage is going to increase to 100000 next year okay. and uh, and by 2022 that will go up to 120000 So that's not too bad, is it? You could see re- what are reasons why rugby union players might start switching. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I, I was I was going to say, Christy, start, I don't yeah. know if you're going to see as many uh, <laughs> rugby league players uh, jumping over now. If that's the base salary, we might take back Marika Corabidi now. <laughs> we'll say. What do you reckon? Yeah, easy, uh, it's, easy. It's, it's, a, it's a world game rugby. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, if you want to get paid in Union, go to France. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Japan, I suppose. Uh, yeah. What, what, anything else we need to mention um, on the, the agreement before we can swiftly move on from this? No, it's done. It's good. 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 Very good. Uh, short and sharp. <laughs> uh, Johnny, feel free to get back to your desk if you, so if you need to. Uh, we're going to move over to Rugby Union. Um, please feel free to join if you want to. Christy Doran, first things first. Uh, hail it Penny to re-sign with the Rebels. Yeah, so Ross and his Wallaby brother, Dane hail it Penny, uh, both today officially signed a two-year deal with the, with the Melbourne Rebels. So they've they've made the switch from the, the Western Force. Clearly, they're no longer mm. around anymore. So they've followed their coach, uh, Dave Vessels, who, who they really admired and, and uh, over the last year have, have developed close bonds like many of the Western Force players have. Yeah. And I think we'll just this is this is just a another couple of players. It'll be a bit more of a domino effect. We'll see a couple of more players over the the forthcoming weeks mm-hmm. sign on. But geez, the Melbourne Rebels, aren't they developing some roster They've had ahead a of fairly solid off season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's just gonna get better and better for Melbourne fans. But the the, the wider picture is the other 
three clubs still around, the, 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 the Queensland Reds, the New South Wales Waratahs and the ACT Brumbies, they're thinking, where's our slice of the pie at the moment? Exactly. Um, so... Yeah. That's that's one of the reasons why the the Haley Pretty brothers have only been revealed today, and there's I believe there are other players that have signed that the Billy Meeks. We've, we've spoken about that previously, but whilst there's still this grumbling from the other clubs, the ARU and the Melbourne Rebels and the other clubs are working out some form of arrangement so mm-hmm. that. It, that the rebels don't get all the pie, basically. Yeah, yeah, fair is fair, I suppose. Are they are the rebels? Uh, it's probably it's it's very early, but I, I don't I don't care. Are the Rebe- Re- Melbourne Rebels going to go into next uh, year's Super Rugby season as the the favourite to win the Australian Conference? Do you think? Well, Dave Vessels will have you believe that certainly yes. He's pretty bullish about. The fact that he believes, even though a team was going to come together pretty quickly, that he can take them to a final series. Mm. Uh, if you look at Super Rugby past... A maiden final series. Indeed. And if you look at past Super Rugby champions, he will say that they, they, they've got the potential, the capacity to be a Super Rugby champion within the next two years. And past history suggests that that's... that's not not completely far-fetched. Uh, you look at the Waratahs very quickly. Michael Checker, in two years develop them into a, a Super Rugby champion side. Ewan McKenzie at the Queensland Reds in New Zealand. We saw the Crusaders come out of nowhere, or not necessarily nowhere, because they've always been a great side, but very quickly Scott Robertson, his first year in charge taking over from Todd Blackadder, was mm-hmm. able to do it. We saw the Highlanders finish, I think, dead last in 2013, and then very quickly Jamie Joseph, two years later, also brought them up into yeah. Super Rugby champions. So, uh, yes, I, I think they'll be very close to being the super, uh, Australia, certainly Australia's uh, Super Rugby Conference winners. Okay, and uh, and on the eve of a Wallabies uh, v Japan Test match, uh, we're actually talking about Quade Cooper, <laughs> who's not are. even in the Wallabies lineup. Uh, so tell us why. Elaborate. Well, I certainly will. So Bernard Foley, the Australian fly half, is out with illness, um, and and. Not only is, is he out, you've got Will Genia, his halves partner and fellow vice-captain out because of a calf injury. Israel Folau's not even there. He's had a couple of months off. A lot of people probably thought Kirtley Beal might jump into 10, mm. who's been so impressive at inside centre. But no, he's gone back to full-back, and partly because Carmichael Hunt is out uh, with a neck injury. Mm-hmm. So that's brought Reese Hodge into number 10, who's done so well for the Wallabies this year, particularly after making his debut last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's come off the wing into the number 10 yeah. jersey. Hasn't even played there for the, the Rebels at 10. Wow. Uh, he, he played a bit of his junior footy at, at ten, but. This is a we're, big call. It is a big call. We've yeah. heard Michael Checker say that oh, I think that Reese Hodge can develop into a long-term ten, um, and and Gee. and uh, well, he's he's actually backed that up and he's given him an opportunity. So coming back to Quade Cooper, we go. Uh, Quade Cooper hasn't played for the Wallabies since June. He didn't make one of Michael Checker's squads throughout the rugby championship there were 40 odd players that were brought in and quade cooper apparently wasn't good enough to be in that in that uh, that group uh the third bledisloe cup we saw duncan power who's played mainly at at inside center for the reds over the last couple of years brought into the squad as a Mm -hmm. backup 10 so quade cooper has just dramatically slidden down the the pecking order and uh speaking to people uh, like Greg Martin, who it doesn't. There's got to be more to this. It doesn't right? take a rocket scientist to know that Quade Cooper's 
days are numbered in a, in a Wallaby jersey if, if he ever even gets back there. He's 20, 29 now. He came back from Toulon last year because he wanted to play for Australia. You could very well see Cooper over the next few months or uh, even weeks to s- start getting his manager to looking at, uh, at, at clubs back in France or even Japan, perhaps England. There's so much money to be made out there. And if you're not in Australia's top 20 players and you're not getting uh, like that, that, that extra uh, money that, that Australian rugby chips in, then, then uh, it's doubtful that he'll be here for that much longer. John Dean, uh, which, Whoa, yeah. which, which NRL clubs should, uh, <laughs> should be giving Quade Cooper a call? He was linked to um, Parramatta he a was. few years back yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe, the, uh, maybe the Super League or something over in England. They've got a marquee player allowance over there. Um, okay. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, you'd, you'd have to... You'd have to go through the the rosters, but maybe, I, maybe, they're, they're maybe filling the Titans up. after Jared Hayne. Yeah, they, they're filling up pretty quick. Um, so yeah, 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 you never know. The thing with Craig Cooper, unfortunately, is ever since his knee injury in the the 2011 World Cup, the the, the bronze medal match there against Wales, where he did his knee, he just hasn't had that electric spark off his mm. off his off his legs, off his boots, off his feet. He hasn't been able to break the line like he used to yeah. and dazzle past them all. So, injuries played a, a big part over the last five six years, mm-hmm. and. Uh, we, we saw only last week against the Barbarians a couple of instances where Cooper made a half break. Back in 2010, 2011, he would have backed himself to at least beat the first man, uh, but he looked for cover and looked for his teammates on, on the weekend, and that's a pretty sure indication that he doesn't quite have it in his legs now. Yeah, nice. Good stuff, boys. What do you reckon we call that a, call that a wrap? Sounds good to me. That's Friday after all. <laughs> but before we take off for the week on the splash, uh, I've also got in uh, someone that can talk to me a little bit about what's happening in the UFC over the weekend, uh, digital video producer and presenter, Brianna Holden, who you've probably seen on any of the UFC previews on the Fox Sports website. How are you, Bri? Yeah, really good. I'm looking forward to this card this weekend. It's so big. It's awesome. It's big? a big card really I, I don't see the name uh conor mcgregor on it <laughs> or ronda rousey uh sell it to me why is it a big yeah. card for ufc 217 uh in new york city i believe madison square garden yeah it's um well madison square garden is one of the best places to have a fight just the atmosphere there is fantastic the crowd always turns out so straight off the bat you've got you've got a great card but you've also got the return of a welterweight legend, GSP, is fighting at a different uh, weight. He's fighting for a different belt that he's never fought before. So GSP. Georges St. Pierre, yeah. Canadian yep. Canadian fighter. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so if he wins this, it'll be him taking out uh, a different weight class. Um, so it'll be a dual belt winner in UFC, which is pretty special. And he's also coming up against, for an Australian audience, uh, audience Michael Bisping, who was uh, who Rob Whitaker was meant to be taking on to uh, yeah. unify the middleweight yeah, belt. Yeah. So whoever wins this is who will be taking on Rob Whitaker theoretically in okay. Perth in February. Oh wow! Yeah, nice. yeah. So for Australian viewers, that's certainly the biggest aspect yeah. there. Bisping, uh, he's a pom, right? He is a pom. Yeah, he's yeah. Uh, defended the belt just once in eighteen months, and he's come under fire a fair bit. He was injured for a while, but um. Yeah, he, he certainly has a lot to prove okay. uh, this weekend going into the octagon, albeit against someone who's been out for four years. But um, there's a lot of different narratives to like about the yeah. the headline fight this weekend. For context, 
uh, was Conor McGregor, was he the first to get a belt in two different weight classes? Maybe. Um, No, I don't think so. But I think that he's certainly the biggest name to do so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So. Okay. Okay. Uh, Look, yeah. What else can can you talk to me about this uh, card? Uh, UFC 217 heading into the weekend. Why, why should we, why should we be tuning in? Yeah, well, it's it's not just the headline fight. There's also two other titles on the line in the strawweight women's strawweight uh, title, and also the men's bantamweight. And just the main card in general has a lot of big hitters and big names and uh, on the card. And and whoever wins will certainly be moving and shaking in their division. Um, in the men's bantamweight, you've got Cody Garbrandt, uh, and it's his first title defense, and it's against TJ Dillashaw, who used to hold the title a couple of years ago, and the two of them. Uh, have also trained together before and in training it's said that, that yeah it's certainly it's a great narrative but mm. um it's said that Cody Garbrandt had the upper hand basically yeah. in um, a lot of their training drills and things like that um and they all well, they all meaning Dominic Cruz as well who used to hold the belt the three of them are sort of the top contenders there and they've um done the, done a bit of a dance with the belt recently but they're all very technical fighters so these two this weekend, it, it should be really interesting and their personalities are also something that's a bit different. Cody Garbrandt's a bit of a trash talker in his title fight uh, where he won the belt. He was sort of goading Dominic Cruz in the octagon, dancing around in front of him and pulling funny faces in the middle of a fight. Mm. Um, that's his personality and okay. TJ Dillashaw is just sort of like a bit more of a hard-working, hard-yakker kind of guy and... Um, yeah, so on that front, it's interesting. Stylistically, it's interesting. And What do we think of taunting your opponent mid-octagon <laughs> fight? It makes for great television. <laughs> <laughs> Disrespectful um, or is it all part of the game? I think it depends who you're coming up against, I guess. Okay. Uh, yeah. Dominic Cruz probably deserved it. He was <laughs> taking every opportunity to uh, get his two cents in about Cody Garbrandt in the lead up to the fight. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I think that Garbrandt's someone who, whether or not he likes it, sort of models himself a bit off the Conor McGregor type of um, thing. You know, if you Visually, his tattoos are very similar to his and the way he carries himself and that arrogance um, sort of in front of the cameras is certainly something that that he's known for now as well. So if okay. it works for him, it works for him. If it makes people watch the fight, then who cares? <laughs> that's it. That's it. So whereabouts can we head to on the Fox Sports website uh, for more content leading up to UFC 217? I, I believe you've got some video stuff up there. Yeah, we will, we will have um, my preview out with Elvis Sinisic. We also go through the women's strawweight um, fight there. Uh, there'll also be some great content from USC Fight Week this week. Rob Tasker, the host, is actually in New York uh, at mm-hmm. the moment. So he's got Dana White and a bunch of the fighters to talk to. So that'll be cool. pretty awesome to see, yeah. um, especially if you can get sort of GSP and, and Bisping at the same time together. That'll be fantastic um, and a bit of an exclusive for, for foxsports.com. Uh, .au, but also throughout the weekend, there'll be all of the highlights. We've got the live prelims yep. um, and all of the main card action. So if you can't get to main event pay-per-view on Sunday, yep. there'll be yep. everything from the main card will be on the website as well. Oh, nice. Awesome. Thank you very much for joining this, the Splash Brie. It's awesome. Making my debut. Yeah, good on you. Uh, and that'll do us on this Friday. Everyone have a great weekend uh, and we'll be back next week. Until then, that's a wrap. 